This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as we uh, continue to converse about the state of uh, business right now, the discussion about the value of remote work continuing on a variety of fronts, you've had several companies start to require employees to come back to work, either full-time or at least a day or two. Zoom is one of the latest. There's a little bit of irony there. But you also have the level of remote work that benefits both employees and employers. You also have the questions around the level of productivity coming from remote workers. So where do things stand right now? We turn and ask that of Yvonne Barenke, Associate Professor of Management here at the Wharton School. Yvonne, great to talk to you again. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, And so I'll start off with Zoom uh, and the fact that they are asking their employees to come back into the office uh, a couple of days a week. Uh, first, I guess it seems like that may be the formula that that a lot of companies are going. Maybe not asking their employees to be back five days a week, but at least asking them to come back a couple of days a week. Yes. I mean, first of all, you know, like you said, uh, <laughs> when I saw this news, uh, I couldn't help but remember, um, you know, the the phrase by coined by Jacques Mallet Dupin, you know, easily among the top 10 of my political journalists from the 18th century, right? Do you remember Jacques? Now, he coined a term oh, around yeah. the French Revolution saying, like Saturn, the revolution devours its children. So now Zoom, <laughs> having created this yeah. wonderful tool of remote work and, and creating a whole company around it. I mean, that's, that's really important to remember uh, that there's like a, the best illustration of a company who was built around remote work now uh, see the see it imperative or interesting to ask uh, employees to come back to work, and um, I think that there are, there are so many issues around here um, that you know it's it's worthwhile unpacking that a little bit, um, just to remember what it means to work remotely is is really quite different from what it means to work in in the office. I mean one. And here I'm talking like from the perspective of the company. I mean, when you're a company and you want to get a project done, uh, when you work remotely, you can ask the question like, you know, who's the best guy in the country or who's the best guy in the world whom we can afford yeah. to work on that task? And then we can assemble these teams that are sitting all over the country or all over the world if they, you know, if their sleep patterns allow it who then work together. So they can really focus on uh, selecting people who a priori are the best people for the task. But what they didn't fully appreciate uh, is you know, how to manage the team aspect of this. So given that people are all over the world, what happens is that people are working in a way where they can shine. You know, you work on your podcasting and uh, you want to make sure that the podcasting aspect work comes out really well um, yeah. versus compared to, let's say, you know, the overall radio station works out really well. So when sure. they go remotely, they are good at finding these people and hiring them if they can afford them and they're willing to join. But then the team collaboration is very, very splintered, very atomic, where, you know, everybody focuses on their own task. And uh, that is kind of a feature which is now perhaps a bit of a barrier when it comes to coming back into the office. So it really does fall into the lap of the company in terms of how they're going to structure this. 
and, and, and be able to deliver that messaging to the employees so everybody is on the same page. Yes. I mean, this is not just about people. There are, there are a number of studies that looked at how what happens to the productivity of individuals when they work remotely or in the office and what happens to their happiness and their stress. So that, these are very important considerations for the individual, whether they want to do this or whether they perhaps want to quit. But here I'm thinking really from the angle of the company. Um, what they have uh, created, <laughs> here going back to the revolution here, what they have created is a beast where people are working in a very splintered way. And this means yeah. that they work in a way where, you know, everybody's contribution just adds to the overall pie. But when they come into the workplace, what happens there is that you do actually work quite differently, where, you know, your productivity is much more interactive and much more collaborative. And it also means that you have to depend on other people to pull their weight. So it's much more complementary how people work in a physical location. And um, individuals, they're not used to this uh, because they have been working remotely for years where they could just like do their thing. You know, they get their tasks and they get them done and then report that they have done them well so they get promoted and their bonus. But when they come in, now they face a situation where they have to really depend much more on relationships. And that is the strength of working in the in the workplace because you see each other, you can hold each other accountable, you can sure. you can walk by somebody's desk and say, hey, uh, how about that form? How about that uh, thing that I asked you to do? Uh, how is that coming along? How can I help you? You can just check in on people. You can talk about many things, and you talk about many things in principle because you want to create relationships, and with relationships you create ties, and you create trust. And that is all conducive to a very different style of working. And so what the company has to explain or help here is that when they come in, they really need to, you know, <laughs> take the employees rafting, so to speak. They have to do much more team building exercises. They have to help them to right. get comfortable with working together with each other. But they can't just like turn off the video or do something else whenever it suits them. Here they really have to get used to working together in a productive fashion. And that is a transition where the organizations play a really key role. And they have to communicate this to the employees so that they don't scare what it really means for them when they come back to the office. How much do you think then that companies will, uh, will ask employees to come back not only part-time, but full-time. And is that totally done? I mean, obviously, there are some sectors that believe the importance of, of being in the office and being there five days a week is crucial to the bottom line. There are others that out there that believe that a hybrid kind of work process uh, is something that can work for them and they can still be, you know, they can be profitable to the bottom line. It, it, where do you see this going then in the years ahead, do you think? So... You know, it sounds uh, like a nice compromise to ask people to come in part-time and, you know, that might ease with the transition, but it's also a headache uh, for both sides, the employers and the employees. Um, when you don't know when your teammates will be in, you know, that creates a coordination issue. I mean, you might say, well, it's Wednesday and I come in and then you come in and then, you know, a couple of key members are not there. Or people whom you don't anticipate to need to interact with, but as you come to the office, you realize that you want to, and then they are not there. So it's just like a headache to coordinate. And the same for the companies. 
what companies did when they pushed their people to work remotely and they supplied them laptop and all the technology and the software, they compensated this by downsizing their offices, um, make much fewer um, desks available um, and, um, and office space available. So now the, the company now has to coordinate when people come in so that enough space is there and that you know the teams or the people can work together in a very much more natural and organic way. So this seems to me like really just a, a transition, uh, but it also might backfire because when people come back into the office and you know they don't have their their space, they don't see how they can interact naturally and easily. They don't want to come back, and then they might stay at home again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the company is you know upset about this. But what they have to do is really change the the office space that makes it um, uh, a, a great place to work in. And I, I just find it really difficult to do that when you ask uh, or allow people to come in part-time because of all these coordination issues. So I think a better way to me seems to be that, you know, you go by division or task force or, you know, subgroups one by one where you say to them, okay, from this day onwards, uh, you have to be back in the office full-time. And companies have tried that, uh, sometimes in a very threatening way. You know, Elon Musk did this in a very threatening way in a, a while ago, and that didn't work all that well. But I, I just see a lot of problems uh, with um, doing the part-time approach because of all the coordination challenges, both on the employee yeah. side and the employer side. There is an element of, of the company wanting to have that level of control on their employees, isn't there? Uh, absolutely. Um, there, um, you know, if you can't monitor and manage employees, and you know, when they are remote, it is much more difficult to do that. Then, why do you even want to have somebody as an employee compared to just out outsourcing the task completely? So, having employees and managing them uh, is is conducive for them to really become the key asset that uh, people are in organizations. And so it's really difficult to oversee them, motivate them, give them feedback um, in a way that individuals can grow over their career into a task. And there has been research showing that when people work remotely, they create fewer of these so-called weak ties, meaning these are people with whom you're connected who have very different friends from yourself. So they, they build a bridge to other networks. And these are really, really important for innovation, for progression in organizations. And also, when people work remotely, especially junior people, they receive less feedback uh, about the performance or input into how they should work better. And that right. is just like a, uh, an illustration how managing people is much more difficult when they're remote. So. It is, it is really answering the, the question of like what should the organization, the modern organization, look like? And a, and a core feature of the modern organization are the social relationships. The social relationships that are important so we have the trust in each other so that everybody pulls their weight and everybody can be depended on. And you can't create this uh, via Zoom. <laughs> yeah. And, and what that does is also... It, it, it probably uh, strikes to the question of productivity, which is brought up a, a good bit uh, these days in and around uh, remote work, about making sure that productivity levels are as high as they can be. I think the assumption is 
you're going to get higher productivity levels if everybody's in the office and you're working together in comparison to being on Zoom all the time. Yes. And, you know, as I, as I mentioned before, you know, there were a number of studies that looked at that. And at the individual level, when people are randomly uh, assigned to working remotely at home, a very famous study by Nick Zoom and Corthus uh, who looked at that in China and how that helped in that context uh, with productivity. But those studies are, are, are very well done, um, but also a little bit misleading because, as I mentioned earlier, um, you have to appreciate that when you when you work remotely, this is a different style of working. And if the company does not step in to manage that process, they might not fully realize the, the benefits of working in the office again. Uh, to it, what is really important when people are in the office is that they, again, work in a way where it is much more interactive, where they can have time to build more social relationships. And that leads to a way of working which is much more complementary. The complementary work yeah. is, you know, our performance, our joint performance only goes up if both of us work well. So this, this creates, of course, the issue that if I don't trust you to do anything, then I won't do anything either because it's a waste sure. of time. Now, when people work remotely, it was much more additive or, sub, you know, we call them substitutes in economics. So, you know, the, the team performance is just the sum of in the, each individual contributions. So there it, it concerns much less whether you would actually get up at seven and work on the, on the task that you were assigned to do. So the organization is really key in shifting the way people work away from this additive to this much more complementary style of working again. Otherwise, this, yeah. uh, this whole process of working, coming back into the office will fail. How much then also does the component of work from home impact the hiring process as well? Because I think we've gotten to a point uh, where the expectation of the person going for a job is, you know, whether or not there is a work from home component part of the job. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think we've just, you know, added that into the mix kind of as a part and parcel of, of what we went through in the pandemic. Well, this is a fantastic question. And this gets to a much more tricky issue. And um, what I'm about to say is not a criticism of employees, but just a feature of uh, what it meant to work remotely. When you work remotely, People wanted to accommodate you and needed to accommodate you. They gave you, you know, laptops. They they found ways so, so that you can deal with your um, with your family situations. They were very accommodating to issues around chronic health, uh, both physical and mental. And that is that is great that these companies did that. Um, what this led to is a little bit of a mindset where um, uh, employees work when it is convenient for them, and that is not really. <laughs> the traditional perspective of what a workplace contract is about, where as an employee, you are owed uh, the company or your time and attention. So it is really when the company asks you to do something, then, you know, you you don't first check whether it suits you, but you go ahead and do that. So the the default uh, shifted from a situation where first you check whether it fits into your broader life to... Um, whether um, whether the company needs you um, and you step up to this task. So this is just right. a, a shift in this mindset. So when people will come into the workplace again, they have to get more comfortable again that, you know, they are assigned tasks that perhaps are different from what they have done before um, because it is the requirement of the team. 
So let me just explain this last point again, and we started with this. So when people work remotely, you could just hire the best person to work on a task, and then you assemble teams like this. But now when you right. work in the office, because relationships are so important, you want to compose people around whether they can be there and whether they can work together organically. So they might not perhaps be the best um, expert in that field, but that is uh, counterbalanced by the great advantage of that person being there and you can interact with this person and build relationships with this person. So they have to really, people have to shift their mindset away from only working on things that were their core competencies and what they think that they are perfect and excellent at and what they like to do, back to a mindset where well, if there's work that needs to be done, that they step up to the task and contribute to this and derive meaning and satisfaction from the fact that they can contribute to the team performance. So this, right. this is, again, you know, just to illustrate the organization has a big task ahead of them to change and, and help people with this mindset um, of working in teams and working on tasks that perhaps is, are not the most convenient uh, or the most uh, status-deriving uh, um, tasks. Yvonne, great to have you with us today. Thanks very much for your time. Look forward to talking again down the road. Yeah, and we should talk perhaps again in person so we can build on our relationship again, yes. right? <laughs> Absolutely. No question about it. Thanks, Yvonne. Okay. All the best. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Yvonne Barenke, Associate Professor of Management uh, at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.